Hey, what's going on, Christina? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the NBA show on the Dodgers, Lakers, Patriots, and Rams podcast. I'm your host, Laura Antonio. My NBA insider, Christina, is here with me to, to, to recap yesterday's Lakers games against the uh, Rockets, Pelicans, and Grizzlies. And then we're going to preview today's Lakers game against the Bucks. So let's start off with recapping the Lakers games against the Rockets, Pelicans, and Grizzlies. So the Rockets game last Thursday, that was a good win for the Lakers. And then, and then last Saturday and Monday, the Lakers lost two straight inexcusably to the Pelicans and Grizzlies. And then Wednesday, they beat the Pelicans and got revenge on them. What do you think they need to do tonight in order for them to continue their momentum? I believe they need to really focus in on, especially LeBron James. We're going to target him first. His free throw shooting is not where it needs to be. I know we've talked about this um, numerous times um, as the season has progressed, but it's just not where it needs to be. I mean, if he's going to drive in the paint and try to get an and one, he really needs to finish on the free throw line Um, as well. Kyle... Kuzma and Ingram need to continue playing at the pace in the game that they're playing at. I mean, they're doing excellent for people that have, um, quote-unquote, been emotionally scarred by the trade rumors and everything that has gone on within the locker room. I mean, they need to continue to come out and show that um, they're here to stay and that they're, you know, the, probably the top three, one of the, yeah, the top three players on the team. And again, a huge thing for them um, is defense, 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 defense. Protecting the rim, protecting the rim is a huge thing for them. I know that with the game coming up um, tonight um, against the Bucks, it's going to be a little bit tough because they are a bigger team. And as right now, they are playing with smaller guys in their starting lineup. But I mean, they're going to have to really focus in on protecting the rim, um, mainly on defense, but even on offense as well, making sure that they get those rebounds. They have to get those rebounds, and uh, I thought I thought last week when the late. I also wanted to. I think that Luke. The question of the day is: Do you think uh, Luke Walton should use proper rotations for the Lakers and not start Ingram at the one because he's not a one. He's not a one, but he's not a terrible one. You know, he does have some good ball handling skills. You know, he can distribute the ball fairly well. So, I mean, it's not the worst choice, but it's definitely not the optimal choice for the team. So, I think he definitely needs to use better rotations. How about yourself? I absolutely think he should use proper rotations because to win, to win, uh, what should we call this? To win uh, football games, um, you, I'm sorry, to win basketball game, you have to have proper rotations. A consistent starting five and a, a solid bench unit that can win the game. Because that's what good teams do. And the Lakers seem to – and Luke Walton seems to do things his own way, which isn't working. Like, he's a coach, for example, is like, what's your bench rotations like? If someone asks him that, he says, I have to make those players earn their role and earn their spots off the bench. Yeah, I, I think he's not – I mean, maybe he, he's not the type of coach to really come out and be blatant and – um, completely honest, but I think he might maybe lack a little bit of confidence with some of his players on the bench. But I think if if that is the case, I mean, he still needs to make sure that everyone's getting minutes. I mean, I believe it was in the game against the Grizzlies. Lance Stevenson barely touched the ball. You know, he's he's great. You know, he's one of our better shooters. Um, you know, he's great with the rebounds too on the um, defensive si- uh, offensive side. Excuse me. So I mean, there's guys that he can that he can use 
but it's just I feel like he's a little he gets a little stressed like a little bit stressed out when the games are going on you know he doesn't really use the clock wisely sometimes when it comes to timeouts and stuff he just gets a little overwhelmed and I think with him being overwhelmed he does just forgets how to the players that he has and um it's unfortunate because it's definitely hindering the Lakers' performances, or it has hindered the, in the past um, couple of games their performances. Hopefully, um, with their win against the Pelicans, um, their momentum can um, be pushed forward from here on out. Yeah, and then uh, also, since we're going to preview NBA Friday, before we get into our game picks for the Lakers' Bucks and all that, let's talk about your game tonight, both. Toronto Raptors taking on the Portland Trailblazers. That's going to be a heck of a game. I think I think Toronto in this game, they should win this game because it's at home and it's at the Scotiabank Arena. So you think Toronto is going to beat Portland by a close margin tonight? I believe so. I think this is a great matchup. As we all know, Portland Trailblazers um, are having a really good second half um, of the season so far. Raptors, you know, second in the East. You know, they're really showing that we're not only contenders um, in the East, but we're also, you know, potentially um, the um, rival to go up, or should I say, the team to go up against quote-unquote unbeatable Golden State Warriors. So definitely, I think this is a game for them to really come out again and show what they can do. Um, what they, um, but I think they're definitely going to take this one. I think it's going to be a tough game, as we all know. But I think it's going to be a game where Raptors come out on top. Yeah, the last time, the last game they played was a Tuesday against Boston. I watched that game, and uh, Toronto played played very well against Boston, which I want to say thank you to that because I don't like the Celtics as a Laker fan myself. The Raptors really definitely helped help my team out there on Tuesday. Yeah, they most definitely did, and I know that it was a little bit of a shock to a lot of people, as even though the Celtics are having a little bit of a um, tough time in their locker room, you know, um, but they're still favored to be, you know, one of the top teams in the East and even potentially a team to go up um, to match up against the Warriors. So I thought it was a great game um, for the Raptors as well. Celtics, not the greatest, but I, again, I mean, it's understood with everything that's going on with their franchise right now. Yeah, the Celtics have been struggling since uh, since uh, since the All Star break and uh, next week they have their big rivalry game against the Lakers, which we'll talk about next Friday. So, talk about on the Raptors here for tonight's game. Uh, Jody Meeks, a guy that I'm very familiar with on the Lakers, since he was a, he used to be a Laker. Did you think the Raptors made the right choice in adding him to their team? Um, a little bit on the fence on that one. I mean. I, I get what they're doing, you know. They want players that have, you know, that are seasoned, you, you know, have some experience underneath their belt. And I think that's the direction that Masai Ujiri is going in, you know, getting a balance between those up-and-coming players and veteran players. I mean, his stats are okay, but again, I think they're just looking for depth. So for what they're going for as a franchise, and it makes sense. But is he maybe the best fit? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, absolutely. So now that we talked about Raptors, Blazers, I think Toronto will win that game for sure. I think the Lakers have a chance, but I think Milwaukee's going to come out on top today and win this game. I mean, I'm hoping the Lakers can make this um, can make this a, a really good game to watch. I mean, 
despite the outcome. I, I mean, I'm hoping that they win, but I think that they really need to hone in, focus in, and really just make sure that, you know, all their, the players that are on the court are really doing what they need to do to make the game contendable and to really make sure that they're putting their team in the best position to win. You know, last game against the Pelicans, six of the t- six members of the Lakers um, you know, got more than 10 points. We had Kuzma with 22. James led the board with 33. Ingram had 23. Rondo with 11. Bullock with 14. And then McGee had 10. So if the main players can really come out tonight, um, you know, put their best effort forward and really bank their shots, I think that we have a good chance to really go toe-to-toe in this game. We have a good chance. I think LeBron versus Giannis is going to be a very fun matchup to see tonight. And then who I want to see lose tonight is the uh, Clippers to the Sacramento Kings, which I think the Sacramento Kings are have taken off this year. They have. They they really, really have. I mean, I think when we did play the Pelicans, you know, Kings already had a loss and then Clippers had a loss, so that really worked to our advantage. And those are two teams that we're, of course, fighting for um, to gain a spot in the Western um, conference. So yeah, I think either way here for looking at it on the Lakers side viewpoint, either way, it doesn't matter who really wins or loses at this one. But um, if I had to choose, I would prefer Kings to win, especially um, seeing as um, one of their top players um, suffered um, an injury. I believe um Marvin Bagley, if I'm saying yeah, that. Yeah, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, correctly. Um, yeah, he suffered a, um, a knee injury the last game. So I know that's a really damper to the team's um, system and locker room. So it's going to be a tough one for the Kings. It'd be great if they can pull it off, but I'm hoping that the Clippers take this one. Yeah, I don't I don't want to see the Clippers win this game. I think Sacramento should win this game, kind of get, get the Lakers hope. And also uh, the Lakers have a back-to-back, so I think – Lakers lose this one today, and then I think they're going to beat Phoenix tomorrow. We'll talk about that game right now. The Suns are playing the Pelicans. This is the first of a back-to-back home games for Phoenix. I'm not a believer in back-to-back home games. I think the I I I think when the NBA makes a schedule, it should be back-to-back road games instead of home games. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Suns, as we know, aren't doing too good. The last time they won their um... – they won their first road game in nearly two months when they beat Miami on February 25th. So, I mean, it eh. for them, I mean, I think they're just going with the motions, you know, trying just trying to really close out this season. I know it's not going to be the best season for them. But, I mean, a win for them would be nice. But I, I, I got the Pelicans on this one. I think the way that Drew Holiday is playing, a lot of their bench players are coming off and really stepping up on the court. I think the Pelicans are going to take this one. Yeah, I think the, I agree with you. The Pelicans are going to take this one for sure. And uh, the next game we're going to talk about is the uh, Celtics-Wizards. I think Washington wins this game. I think they need to find their identity. I would agree with you. I think it would be nice to see the Wizards take this one with everything that has gone on before the trade, di- tra- excuse me, trade deadline. You know, everything that's gone on with their locker room as well. But, um, yeah, it would be nice. I would say, for me personally, I would like the Wizards to win. I think that would be a great game for them to win, especially, again, going off of one of um, the – matching up with one of the um, top teams in the East. 
Yeah, absolutely. So that being said here, so that being said here, when we, now that we, uh, now that we talked about the, uh, we, we talked about the uh, Wizards Celtics. Now let's go to Bulls Hawks. I think this is the battle of the worst teams in the NBA. I think Atlanta wins this at home. Chicago's just not, is just going to continue to tank for a draft pick. Um, I mean, I can see where you're coming from, but Bulls, they're kind of 50-50. You know, sometimes you think they're going to win and they end up losing, and the other times you're like, okay, they got this, and they end up tanking. So, I mean, like you said, yep, two of the, one of the, two of the worst teams in the NBA right now. Um, but I think I'll go again with the Hawks. I think Trey Young is, you know, a great asset to that team. He's an incredible player, fast player. Um, and I think he's carrying them. Um, he's carrying them. Where Bulls, I don't really think there's that one team leader or that guy that you kind of say, okay, well, that's Bulls guy. So I definitely see the Hawks coming out on top on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely on that for sure. So that being said, um, so that being said here is, uh, so that being said here, it, now that we talked about the Bulls and Hawks, let's talk about uh, the Brooklyn Nets playing against the Charlotte Hornets. I think Brooklyn wins this one at home. I think I really like the way Brooklyn's playing. And I think D'Angelo Russell really proved to me that we should have kept him because he turned out to be an all-star this year. And I think he he's already growing into that all-star potential he has. I think so. A change in environment was what um, Russell needed, and we're seeing that now. I think the Lakers are definitely regretting their decision, and I think they're going to regret a few decisions that they made this year at the trade um, deadline as well, one of them being Zubas. You know, a great he has a great potential to be probably one of the um, better bigs in the league. But with that being said, I definitely think that Nets are um, on an upward stretch here. And with the, the way Russell's been playing, you know, like you mentioned, he is probably going to be an all-star, you know, going forward. I think that the Nets are going to come out on top. And unfortunately, Hornets are going to have to take an L on this one. You, you, you think the Nets are going to take an L? No, the Hornets, I believe, are going to take an L. Oh, okay. I mean... Charlotte's going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to make it. But the reason why in my final East standings I have Miami as the eighth spot is because I want to see Dwayne Wade in the playoffs one more time. I agree. And I think the way he played with Golden State Warriors, you know, getting that clutch three at the end of the game, I think we all kind of want to see him be able to kind of make a playoff push and just to be in the playoffs um, in his final NBA season. Yeah, I want to see that because it's. I think Miami's starting to play well at the right time, even though Orlando's in the playoffs. I kind of see it being like the last two spots in the East being Charlotte and Miami, and I kind of changed my mind on my uh, number one seed in the East. I'll, I, I, I like Toronto, but I think Toronto's going to be in the East Finals, but I think Milwaukee, the Eastern Conference is going to run through Milwaukee because I think they're playing, they're, playing, they're playing really good basketball. They are playing a really good, really good basketball, and you know the Greek freak has the Greek freak has had a phenomenal season, and he's in the way he's going. He's looks like he's going to continue to. However, though he is suffering, um, you know, lingering right knee injury, you know, so and his minutes are restricted right now, so that might play a part with just a little bit of the rest of the stretch for the regular season. But yeah, definitely, I think that. Um, we're definitely going to run through Milwaukee this season. I mean, I would love to see it run through the six um, out in Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. But um, just the way the Bucks are playing, um, 
they've been playing really, really good. They're playing elite basketball. And I think that's what fans want to see. And that's what the league wants to see. And I think the Raptors are just right under them as we can see where they're standing. But I think that if we, if the Raptors can really gain momentum even quicker and continue to play better, especially with the additions that they made, you know, it might be a, a run um, for um, whoever gets home court advantage. I do think it's going to be Milwaukee that gets home court advantage. And I still think, and I think Toronto will be second. And I still have three, four and five, the same with Philly and Boston and, and Indy. Yeah. I think, Three, four, and five is going to be a little bit of a race for for those spots a little bit. You know, Pacers have had, um, yeah, Pacers have had a great, not too bad of a season, even though, um, as we all know, Oladipo um, injury. Um, so we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see um, the final East standings. I know, as we know. Yeah, and then I changed my mind on on a couple things on the West standings. I have the Lakers being the seventh spot in the West, and then Utah dropping down to eight. With San Antonio 6. I think the way it's going now, everyone's hoping that we can creep up to the 7th seed only because I think a lot of people are questioning the fact, well, is a sweep by the Golden State Warriors, if we come in the 8th seed, is it going to really tarnish LeBron James' um, reputation? And can the Lakers and the young, the, the really the young guys, the young Lakers, excuse me, can they really withstand um, going to the playoffs and um, having to match up against the, one of the best teams in the league. So I think a lot of people are reaching for the seventh spot. I think that's maybe a little bit too far of a reach. Eighth spot is already stretching it enough, but we'll see. I think if they can make the eighth spot, then hopefully they can make the seventh spot. But I think the eighth spot is the most realistic at this point. Yeah, I think it is. But I, th- I think it is realistic for the eighth spot at this point, but I think it's going to be a battle for the Lakers to get in. I think LeBron's going to end up sneaking in there. But say the Lakers make the playoffs, I think I'm going to make two separate brackets for it. Will you? I think so. I think so. But I think it's it's hard for me to it's hard for me to say on that one. It's 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 tough. I mean, I think a lot of pressure is put on LeBron James, and we all know he's been to eight NBA straight finals. So a lot of pressure's on him to really lead this team and. In the beginning of the season, this was the team to really look for um, in the West. Um, so we'll see. How about yourself? You really got them in two brackets. Worst thing? I said you you really got them in two separate brackets. If the play if if the playoff if the playoff brackets released, I would make two separate brackets, and and then my first bracket would be my realistic bracket, and it would be Bucks Warriors in the finals, and then my second bracket would be Lakers Celtics. Hmm. Because I'm viewing it from like, I'm viewing it from like a fan's perspective, and I also view it from a realistic perspective in basketball. Yeah, uh, I think for, I think it for me personally, I think I'd have to stay with one and just go with the realistic perspective. I think it might be a little bit. At this at this stage, I feel like it's a fantasy at this point. I know it's great for the fans, but at this point, I just I I can't envision it right now. I'm going to wait and see what happens. But if, if, if the Lakers were in the playoffs, then I would be making two separate brackets. But I'm just going to wait it out right now since we're, in, we're only in March and uh, we have, the Lakers have a full month to kind of mm-hmm. get, get, get their acts together and play the basketball that I want to see them play. Absolutely. I think the basketball that the whole league has been waiting to see them play since the beginning of the season or even not even the beginning of the season, really, since LeBron signed his name on the Lakers contract. 
Yeah, absolutely. So with that being said here, um, the, the thing that's going to hurt the Lakers is long is being without Alonzo Ball for another week. I've been stressing for him to get back out there because we need Lonzo Ball out there because of his defense and his playmaking ability on offense. And he's a guy that is the quarterback of this uh, Lakers uh, Lakers t- team because he's the point guard. Absolutely. I feel like the Lakers have really took a hit to the gut with Lonzo, Lonzo Ball's um, um, ankle injury. Um, as we all know, when, we, when Lonzo was playing, you know, him and, him and LeBron play very well together. They have great chemistry. You know, LeBron has an extra jolt to his game. You know, they really have a great w- rhythm on the floor. And I think that's what the Lakers are missing right now. And, of course, defense, 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 defense. I mean, they're struggling tremendously. You know, the first 45 games here, um, according to ESPN, they were ranked sixth. Um, with defensive efficiency. Now, within the last 15 games, they're ranked 27th. I mean, that's a huge, a major, major difference. Um, you know, again, with Lonzo Ball, um, when he was on the when he was in the lineup, excuse me, their wins and losses, you know, were four to nine. You know, they were doing much, um, much better. Um, when it comes to the field goal percentage as well, 48%. So, I mean, I'd, it's we desperately need him just to say, just to, you know, um, we desperately need him. It's, it's, a, it's been a struggle without him. Defensively, you know, the rhythm, the chemistry on the team. You know, I feel like the younger guys also play really well with him. So, I think his time is up. Unfortunately, he still needs a little bit of time, but I think – for him with the team, the time is up. They need him. They definitely need him. Yeah, they're going to need Lonzo Ball for sure. And I think getting Lon- getting Lonzo Ball back will really, really help this Lakers team going forward and down the stretch because he's a good shooter. And I think there's some things I could see him get better at, his free throw shooting and also and also his drive to the hoop. He's not a, He's a good shooter, though. I could see that, but... I'm just stressing that we just need Lonzo back. I, I like that kid a lot. Yeah, but I think reality that we're I mean, we're seeing a lot in Kyle um Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram. But I think we're just missing that whole dog mentality within the whole team when they hit the floor. It's there some some minutes, you know, the first first half it's there, you know, it dwindles in the third quarter and then the fourth quarter they're fighting within like the last five minutes. So I think the consistency um, is lacking right now, and I think Lonzo will will definitely help that. Yeah, Lonzo's definitely going to help with that. So my NBA Finals prediction officially, um, I think uh, I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be uh, what you would call this. Uh, it's going to be Bucks Bucks Warriors. If I have to do, if I have to say mine as well, I think the same thing. Although I definitely, as a Canadian girl, definitely love to see my Toronto Raptors finally get to an NBA Finals this year. Seeing with all the um, kind of moving of players and addition of pieces that they made this season, I really hope that they can um, take it all the way home. But if I had to say as of right now and the way that the Bucks have been playing, I definitely see a Warriors and Bucks Finals. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But really, I think... Uh... I think I think uh, what's his face? Who's gonna win Coach of the Year? Is your coach of the Raptors, Nick Nurse? I really I really like the way he's coaching the Toronto Raptors. 
I think he's done a great job um, stepping in, in into the head coach role. I think, you know, people, there was a lot of questions circling around his rotations and, you know, the way he was doing things. But I think so far they've they've done great. I mean, we're not we're not first in the East like we were last season, but we're second in the East and we've had a lot better um, season in terms of records and also the development of our players, you know, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi. They've, those are two really great players that have really showed that, you know, they're up and coming in the league and they're here to stay and definitely maybe even carry the Raptors franchise. So I think he's done a great job and I think he will continue to do a great job. I thought if the Raptors were to keep DeMar DeRozan, and if still they would trade Kawhi Leonard, I think it. I think it would have. I think that lineup would have still been scary. But really, it was a business. I think. I think Masai Ujiri, the your uh, the the one who, made, I think made the right risk to get Kawhi Leonard, and it worked out. Exactly, you have to take risks to win the biscuit, and I think that he he's definitely done that, and we've seen it play out in their favor right now, and I think that it's only going to go uphill from here. I think so. And OG Ananobi's a guy I think is is a sleeper guy. I think a guy that's very good, but really, P skills is your is gonna win the NBA's most improved player award. Absolutely, he's just more than deserving it. I mean, he has multiple career highs this season. You know, he's coming off the bench and giving everything he has. You know, he's definitely even been talked about being a starter player. So I think he he he's they developed the team very well, and they have also two at that. I probably would say probably one of the best teams in the NBA for developing their G League players and really making them addition to the actual NBA um, um, rotation. So I think they've done great things out there, and it's great to see finally the Raptors really making a name for themselves as a, as the only, only Canadian team and as probably one of the probably underrated teams in the NBA. Absolutely. So Lonzo Ball's return means for the Lakers. I think it's going to help them big time. I think the defense of the Lakers will be back. Absolutely. The, their, their, their defense will tremendously improve with the addition when Lonzo Ball is fully ready to be back on that court. And it's definitely what – it's pivotal for us really um, continuing this playoff push near the end of the season and really just going into the playoffs. I think it's vital for him to be back on that floor. Yeah, it's going to help the Lakers out a lot. And then after the Lakers play the Bucks today, and then we kind of talked about when the Lakers play the Suns tomorrow, I think that's a game that the Lakers think it's going to be – that should be an easy win for them. But they, at the same time, they shouldn't even take them lightly and think they're going to win by 40 points and keep scoring and scoring without playing defense. I don't think they should take them lightly just because based on their track record, I mean, we all thought that they were going to really go and really demolish the Grizzlies, and unfortunately they did not do that. So I think – for them, they just really need to lock into what they need to do um, defensively and o- offensively. I think, again, like I mentioned earlier in the show, you know, we need to have a game where our top players and even our bench players are coming out and really putting up baskets. So I think they need to go in. They need to treat every game um, in this 20, what is it, 21 game stretch, I believe, as the playoffs. So I think that they need to go in playing against the Suns um, like they're going in to play the Bucks tonight. The same mentality, the same game plan, and with the same hustle and heart. Absolutely. So when it comes to players down the stretch, for me, for the Lakers, I think it's Kyle Kuzma. And for the Toronto Raptors, I think their key player down the stretch is OG Ananobi. For the Lakers, I'm going to have to agree- disagree with you. I think it's going to have to be LeBron James. 
Um, not not just because he's a leader of the team. We're, we can dismiss that. We all know what he can do on the floor and how he's led teams in his previous seasons. But I think because when I'm watching him, he's not 100% there. And we need him to be 100% there, not only as a team leader, but as someone that can really dominate on both ends of the floor. I mean, his defense is lacking. He's standing around and watching players literally um, drive past him or even shoot threes. And I think that's completely unacceptable seeing as the position that um, his team is in right now. And I also think that he is definitely a player that we need to look at as well because I feel like he's not really playing to his potential and he's kind of given up. And also, too, as well, I think that I know he said that, oh, I'm going to activate the playoff mode. Playoff mode is activated, and we haven't seen that. And I think um, despite him really hindering um, the team's effort on the court, I think that Kyle Kuzma and Ingram have been playing well, so I'm not really too worried about them. They've, They've proven that they can step up and play well, which they have. So I definitely think eyes are on LeBron James, and I think he really needs to step it up. And instead of really looking towards, okay, well, this is what the team is doing, I think he needs to really look at himself and um, really pull it together for the team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So so do you agree with me about who the impact player of the Raptors is down the stretch in OG and an OB? I think so, yeah. I think he, he, he can definitely be an impact player for the team. We see it, and I think that we need someone that's going to come off the bench and really, really dominate the game and really, you know, really make a, a shift um, when he comes on the floor, and I think that he can do that, and I think that's what we need. We all know that the veteran players and the, the starters can really, can really bring it home for us, but I think he's definitely their key players to take, it, to take their game to the next level. Yeah, and I, I really, as a from a Toronto fans perspective, when I look at the state of their roster, I really like them getting Marcus all. I thought Marcus all had it in Memphis, but I think this is a good place for Marcus all to be in playing in a playoff environment, playing in Toronto. I think Toronto's turned out to be a big market city now for basketball and all that. And I think Drake, who I know you like, who we listen to, who's a diehard Raptors fan like you are. Drake's a guy I think could, is recruiting recruiting big stars in Toronto. I think so too. I mean, who doesn't want to be in the six with the six guard himself? So, I mean, it is, it's an attractive city to play in now. And I think it's because what the franchise, um, excuse me, the front office is really doing for the franchise. And like you mentioned, yeah, Mark, Mark Gasol has been an amazing addition to um, the Raptors defense, especially, I mean, when you watch the games and you see him play def- defense, guys are scared to drive in. You know, he can read defense really, really well. And I think we're a little bit lacking in that before he came onto the court. And I think now that we have them, we need to play him to our own advantage. And I think that it also enhances our defense. It makes the guys step up their defense and protect the rim, especially with the big guys as well. And I think it's also great to see maybe Gasol kind of expand his role and really become a leader on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah, I I thought that move was was a move that I liked because I thought Jonas Valanciunas really lost his spot on the Raptors at, as he got hurt. Siakam took advantage of the opportunities given to him when he was inserted into the starting role. But if you guys want to move on from Serge Ibaka, I could definitely see a lineup next season for the Raptors featuring Gasol, Siakam, Kawhi, Green, and and Lowry. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like 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 we've seen um, with these moves that the Raptors have made, you know, nobody's seat is um, is uh, completely taken. So I think that you know people need to really start stepping up their game. Serge Ibaka, he's had a good season this year, but again, I'm just lacking that on that grit and that toughness from him that I've seen him play, especially um, in the last couple of seasons. And even with OKC, I think when he came to Raptors, he kind of eased his game a little bit, but I think we need to see him step it up. And I like you mentioned, yes, Siakam is definitely one of those guys that can definitely potentially take his place. You mean Siakam could be a guy that could be inserted into the Raptors starting lineups? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and with free agents like Leonard and also Gasol, do you see the Raptors keeping both Kawhi and, and, and Gasol? Um, I'm on the fence with that one. I think that I think that Leonard, if he chooses to stay, he's gonna be really filling a leadership role. Um, you know, as you know, the East has gotten a little bit easier since LeBron is not there anymore. So I think, you know, he definitely can carry the team. Gasol is doing fantastic with the Raptors. I think it's a great matchup for him. Like, the team is a great matchup for him. So I definitely see him staying. But the thing that worries me is that we all know Leonard is really wanting to be on the West. And I think that it's really it's going to depend on where the season takes them, this, the, the playoff season takes them this year. I mean, if they can really reach deeper into the playoffs and really touch um, an NBA Finals, then I think that we can see those two players staying. Yeah, or or see them go to the East Finals. I think either one of those would would work there for sure. So now that being said, let's talk about which coaches that I'm going to predict who are going to be fired at the end of the end of the season. So Scott Brooks is going to be gone for sure. JB Vickerstaff is going to be fired for sure. And if the Blazers don't make it past the first round, then Terry Stotts is out out the door. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with all those names. I've also added to my list, I know you're not going to like this again, Luke Walton. You know, time is ticking for him. It's going to depend on how the Lakers do this um, second half stretch um, in the regular season and if they can even make it into the playoffs. And if they do, how well do they perform in the playoffs? And then I also have Suns head coach Igor Kokoskov. I think that, you know, their season has been honestly an embarrassment for the league. And I think that he might be on the chopping block. He could, but at the same time, I would have to disagree with that because Igor Kaskoskov needs time to develop the Phoenix Suns. I think he is the right fit for them. But you just don't – I'm just not a fan of a team firing a head coach after one year because that doesn't look good on a team. It doesn't look good on a team, but, I mean, the team hasn't been playing at to, to the NBA's – expectations and even just elite basketball at that so I mean eh, it's not looking too it's not looking too good for 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 him but I can definitely see where you're coming from where a lot of these coaches are kind of like or the talks of like one and done if you can't get it done the first year then out you go yeah I'm not a fan of that I just think you need to give them a little bit more time just to make sure they can get it right and then if if like say Phoenix doesn't make the playoffs after after four years then I think Igor Koskoskov could be fired. And I think it's also going to it's also going to depend too on who they draft this year as well. I mean, Igor's a good coach, but I don't know if he's the right coach. Do you think he's the right coach for the Suns or no? I think he's a good coach. 
I don't know if he's the right coach for the Suns. Yeah, I'm, if the Suns want to fire him like you mentioned, they could go with someone younger. I think a young energy would be great. You know, that as they have like a young up-and-coming um, team, I think I think that will work out very well. Um, but yeah, I just don't see I don't see him lasting very long. I mean, he's he's definitely on the chopping block. I'm not saying that he's going to be chopped, but he's definitely on the chopping block. Yeah, and uh, and I also think Billy Donovan, who I think people may think he's on the hot seat with OKC, I think his job is safe in OKC. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the way that um, OKC has been playing has been great. I mean, Russell between Russell and George, they've been putting up numbers, you know, really carrying the team. So yeah, I don't think he no no worry in his no worry in his mind, and I think that um, um, OKC fans don't need to worry about that either. Yeah, and talk about other first-year head coaches who who, you, who people may think would be on the hot seat, but Atlanta's doing well. I think Lloyd Pierce will end up great head coach for this Atlanta Hawks team. I agree too. I think that you know, obviously, they're not having the best season, but I think I think he's a great fit, great fit for the team. I know another first-year head coach. You know, Nick Nurse has a lot of questions in, in the air too with him. I know that the Raptors are the top, you know, the top contenders right now in the East, but a lot of people are saying. If the if the Raptors can't make it, you know, to the Eastern Conference Finals and even maybe hopefully the NBA Finals, he might get the boot too. So I think I, I it really depends. It really depends on the way you flip the coin and and how you view it. Yeah, I don't I don't think Nick Nurse will get the boot. I think Nick I don't Nurse think has so done a either. tremendous job. I don't course, think so. I don't think so either. But I think. Like you mentioned earlier, when I when I mentioned the Suns head coach, a lot of people are with this one and done kind of mentality. Like you know, they don't really give people a chance to really showcase what they what they can do. And a lot of people also got to remember too, with these guys that are just coming in as stepping into the head coach role, they got to really work on the chemistry of the team and developing the team, and you know, figuring out what works for the for their guys and what works for them as the coach. And it it, it takes a minute to to get that figured out. But yeah, but I agree. I agree with that. But, but if Luke Walton was fired, which you told me, which is your opinion, you think he's, he could be fired at the end of the year. I would be surprised if he got fired, but I could, uh, but if I hear what magic and Rob have to say in their season, ending press conference about why they fired him, I could understand where they're coming from when, when I hear, when I hear them address the situation and talk about what we're about and all that. No, yeah, I agree. I don't think it would be a right choice if they were to, if he was to let go, to be let go. But um, it's just going to predicate predicate on on the Lakers season, and I think it also has a lot to do with the fact that everyone thought that this was going to be Lakers breakout season. This is going to be a huge shift for the franchise, and because they're having a little bit of growing pains, and it's a little bit tough for them, and a lot of the trade talks and all that stuff. I think a lot of people are really hammering down on Walton. I don't think it's fair, but it's just the, it's just the way the league is moving, unfortunately. Yeah, we'll see. But really, um, I think, I think who I think that the interim tags will be removed out of the interim head coaches. I think Ryan Saunders of the T-Wolves, I think the interim tag will be taken off of him. No. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, I think, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, the reason why I say after the season's over, I think the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to remove the interim tag off of uh, 
Ryan Saunders because I think since Tom Thibodeau got fired, I think the T-Wolves have found a way to get play good basketball at the right time under Ryan Saunders. I, I agree. I mean, I think with with him right now, and um, I think that they can be on track to really – Hopefully, uh, making it, making a, um, making a a name for themselves in the Western Conference. Not this season. Yeah, they but, have the talent, but yeah, they I, do. I don't know why the Timberwolves fired Tibbs because I think I thought Tibbs was the right head coach for this young team and a good vocal veteran leader, but it just didn't work out. Yeah, it didn't work out. I didn't think they also liked how maybe he handled the whole Jimmy Butler situation, and I think they just really wanted to clear out the cancer if you will even though I don't really think it had a lot to do with Thibodeau but I think they just really wanted to really like clean house in their franchise and hopefully kind of get a um, refresh in it a bit and really you know really change the mindset and the mentality of the locker room and the guy yeah go ahead I I agree with that but do you agree with me about Ryan Saunders the son of former uh, Timberwolves coach Flip Saunders with the Timberwolves most likely going to remove the interim tag off of them. Yeah, I agree. Because I, I think – go ahead. No, yeah, I completely agree. I wouldn't see why not. And I also think Ryan Saunders should also be, should also be the Timberwolves' president of basketball ops along with his head coaching duties. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Because I think the Timberwolves' front office could, could, could give him that role too. I mean, yeah, you know, he's a young guy, you know, he, he's, he's played before. So yeah, I mean, he, I, and I think he, I think he knows a lot about basketball and I think he knows a lot what the Timberwolves are going to need and how to go about things. So I definitely think that would be, that would be an interesting fit, but I think it would be a good, a good fit. So do you think when it comes to the coach of the year, finalists, do you think Nick, do you think Nick Nurse wins it? And I think the runners up will be, uh, Mike Budenholzer and uh, Quinn Snyder. I would agree. I'm I'm rooting for my guy Nick Nurse. I would like to see him take it this year. I think he's done a great job with the with the excuse me the the Raptors. So yeah, I definitely I definitely agree. And, and I, yeah, I, and I also think my I also think in his first year as the head coach of the Bucks, I think B- Coach Budenholzer I think has done a phenomenal job coaching the Bucks. I think. Him coaching the uh, Atlanta Hawks didn't really work out for him. No, it didn't. I think um, he's done. He's done a, a great job, like you said, um, in Milwaukee. I think the team. I think they're probably a team that a lot of people are going to fear um, come the next come the um, seasons in the future um, to being probably, um, if not the number one seed for a while, um, if not a, definitely a top contender in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and I also think with another head coach that I think will get the interim tag removed off of him and help rebuild this Cleveland Cavaliers team is uh, Larry Drew. Yeah, they definitely need a fresh set of eyes in the franchise. Um, you know, Ty Lue wasn't a, wasn't a fan for a lot of players that were previously on the team and some players that are even still on that team. So I think, yeah, they definitely need a fresh set of eyes that can really, really rejuvenate this franchise. I mean... They definitely need some life knocked into it, and I think I think he's the guy that's going to do that for them. Yeah, I I think with the Cavs, I like the my favorite player on the Cleveland Cavaliers right now. 
one of them is one of them is Tristan Thompson for sure. I love Tristan Thompson. I also like Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr. I think J.R. Smith's kind of a kind of a nut kind of a head case right now, but I think he's a good player when he's right. But Larry Nance Jr. is a guy I mentioned before, but I really think a guy who's on the rise is Colin Sexton. I would agree. I would agree with you on that one too. And like you mentioned too, I think Clarkson is really uh, is is um playing better basketball out in um Cleveland as well. So do you think do you think Colin Sexton will be the guy that's going to be the the piece that Cleveland builds around? I think so. And I think it also too I know a lot of talks, you know, Zion might be coming there too and I think if they can really capitalize on that, then I think that those are two great players that they can build around. I think Zion is going to go to the Knicks. You think so? Yeah, and I also think with the Knicks, I think he would he would want to play in the big stage. He would want to play in that big market in New York, and and a coach who I think it it's not his fault for the why the Knicks are thinking. I think Coach Fizdale's job in New York is safe. Oh, absolutely. It's not his fault for why uh, the why the uh, Knicks are so terribly bad. It's not his fault. No, it's not his fault. It's not his fault at all. And I think I think he's there to stay. And I think that he he can definitely have a like have um really turn the franchise around. He has he he can, but will he get does he have the talent that he to work with on the roster like Nilakina, Smith Jr. Now I the Knicks were really wanting Dennis Smith Jr. a couple of years ago over Frank Nilakina. Yeah. I think they they're starting I can see, I can have, I have a glimmer of hope now. You know, I can slightly see something brewing over in New York now. So I think, I think they're slowly getting themselves in the right position and um, in the right um, path to success. It's going to take a minute, but they're on the right track. I mean, Smith Jr. is a talented player, as we all know. Um, and like you said, they did want him, and now they got him. And I think that he's going to continue to prove that um, – he is going to be probably maybe um, a next a next cornerstone player. He will be. I thought he was going to be a cornerstone player for Dallas, and him and Doncic being that backcourt combo. But I didn't think Doncic played well with. Uh, I didn't think Smith Jr. played well with uh, Doncic. But I think I think now with the Knicks and where I think they're heading, I think they're going to build around Dennis Smith Jr. and also Frank Nolakina. Mm-hmm. I agree. I like Frank Nilakina too. He's my favorite player on the Knicks, but really a guy who I think is going to be a guy to build around is uh, Kevin Knox. Yeah. So do you think Kevin Knox will be the man, will be that next franchise player for the New York Knicks? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think so. I think so. I mean, he's a big guy, you know, he's, he's, he's pretty, he's good on both ends of the floor. You know, his, his shooting remains a problem. It's not the greatest. Um, but I, def- I, I can see it. I can see it. I could see that in Kevin Knox, too, be- forming that big three with Smith Jr. Yeah. and Tina. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Morrison? Uh, yeah, definitely. I agree. The big three, I think so, too. Yeah, I think the Knicks have a little bit of ways to go, but I, re- but I think them having the worst record in the NBA doesn't is not – is something that they should be ashamed of, but it's, but I also, I, I don't think it's the fault of David Fitzdale. No, it's, it's not. And I think I we're going to, I think the Knicks 
it's probably more on the player. I think they're just not playing well as a team, but Fisdale's not the problem. No, you hit it on the nail. They're just not playing well as a team, and I think that we're going to see that that shift slowly start to happen um, with the upcoming season and hopefully within a little bit of the rest of the season as well. I think that they're hopefully going to turn some things around out there. Yeah, I think Fisdale's the right coach for them. Absolutely. You remember how Brent Brown made the Sixers tanking because they uh, they they uh, they had too many guys hurt. But now look at the Sixers now, and th- they made the right choice to not fire Brett Brown then. Yeah, they did. I mean, they were hopeful, and I think I think that's what the NBA is lacking a lot with these coaches. They they're really quick to to to, to throw in the towel, and I think he's doing great over there. And I think with the additions that he's had, I think he's he's. He's he's really got himself a great team. Yeah, and also I think Knicks fans want to see James Dolan sell the team to another New Yorker. Yeah, I think I they do, they do, and I there's just there's a I think the New York they're just the New York fans are just they're very demanding. Yeah, they just want a lot. They want a they do, but. I don't know how long is it going to take them. But my final NBA thought is uh, I think uh, I think from what we talked about today, the Lakers just got to play well down the stretch. Yeah, they got to play down – like play really well. Phenomenal basketball down the stretch. And I Treat think, it like it's a game seven of a playoff series. Absolutely. Every single day. Every, sing, every single time they're on that floor. And I think that LBJ really needs to really um, step up as the team leader. And he really needs to start looking at himself in the mirror and questioning, questioning his game and stop putting the um, blame on the, the young core because they've, they've stepped up. They've showed that they're, they're here to stay and that they're going to support their team and they're going to do what it takes to win games. So I think he really needs to um, put his best effort forward. Absolutely. So with that being said, I'll talk to you next Friday and have a good weekend. Sounds good. Same to you.